Again, Wilkinson in the place. Johnny Wilkinson, he's got it! Ella, Shimpeda, Bajero! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a headshot! Hello and welcome to this week's The Two Pinter. This is me, Gaz. And me, Jono. And what a bumper weekend, a week um, of podcasts, eh, Jono? We started off on Sunday. We're, we're, we're everywhere, Gareth. We're everywhere. <laughs> we, we definitely are. Um, Sunday was a sport on tap with the cricket, um, which was uh, which was very entertaining. I didn't quite get the last bit of... Uh, of the day, but you got majority of the day, and we finished at tea, which is uh, which I'm sure is where you took into the sandwiches. <laughs> I had a few sandwiches on route, yeah. I just <laughs> meant to do a last tea, but I was you know too busy enjoying the Jack Leach chance, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, and then we've uh, yeah, we've got a, we've got the big one, should we say? Well, in fact, we've got two big ones. We've got the the bread and butter, which is this this pod, um, which I hope you're going to enjoy. This There's a few different sports. We'll touch on the football, the a tiny bit of rugby, cricket, a uh, bit of boxing. Uh, mentioned the cycling as well. Building to as we were building last week to the uh, World Cup preview. World Cup starts on Friday, so we've got the World Cup preview pod dropping later on this week. Um, but in all this, uh, in all these three pods, there's, a, there's an even bigger one on the horizon, isn't there, Jono? Yeah, you're burying the lead, Gareth. You're burying the lead. Uh, this morning, uh, I managed to, to chat to uh, not just not just anyone, Gareth, uh, an ex uh, England uh, international, uh, ex British and Irish lion, <laughs> Jeff Harling. <laughs> Join us on the pod um, to talk through his uh, yeah his current situation at Melbourne, and then yeah, sort of give us an insight into how how the players will be feeling now, uh, just a few days out from a rugby world cup, and, and give us some thoughts on uh, on the lineouts of teams out there, and, and his thoughts on England as well. So uh, yeah, it was brilliant to brilliant to chat to Jeff. Uh, couldn't be a nicer guy. Um, yeah, delighted to have him on, and um, yeah, that podcast will be out today as well. Uh, you'll probably get it uploading after this, but yeah, really, yeah, just just. Just brilliant to talk to, uh, to Mr. Parlin. What a nice guy. Can't say enough nice things about him. And uh, yeah, hope everyone gets to enjoy his thoughts too. Um, yeah, perhaps uh, perhaps slightly more more knowledgeable about Ruffy than you or I. <laughs> Just slightly, yeah, yeah. Top man <laughs> yeah. for uh, for coming on. Heady days for the uh, for the two painter. Um, oh, huge, huge. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, okay, well, we'll you know we'll we'll come, we'll come back to that and um, probably mention a bit of rugby later on, but. Let's go back to the football, Jono. Uh, Premiership football back again on the weekend. Uh, nice after the uh, the shocking international uh, performances from uh, from some of our home nations. Um, what was the standout result of the weekend, Jono? Yeah, it's, it's only one, isn't it? It's the obvious one, but it, but it has to be said. Norwich City beating Man City. Um, mm. Yeah, the the dominant dominant empire that is and uh, yeah they were teaming them up inside half an hour weren't they and they were just I was at the cricket and I was watching the scores and thinking is this wrong and then someone else behind me would go no we're just turning up and I was like <laughs> okay it's not just me um, 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, City made a, a bit of a comeback, uh, getting a goal back, but then Norwich went 3 1 ahead before City scored late. I just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we think we've, we've praised Norwich already on the, this season, where it's been, um, been a start there in 13th, aren't they? Uh, the couple of Pookies uh, scoring goals are fun. Uh, the, the, the dominant striker out there, Gareth, you can say, keep your Agueros, your Firminos, your Bamiangs, and have us have some Pookie. Um, yeah, that's, but, uh, that's true. But the, uh, I, I think if, you, if you'd said before the game, uh, one of these teams are going to be uh, poor defensive, leave, leave gaps to the back, and the other one are going to be a bit free-flowing free and score a couple of goals, um, you'd have got it the wrong way round. Uh, Norwich have uh, looked fairly open in the first few games, but I thought uh, they limited City City quite well. Um, City did miss a couple of chances, but you're going to get that against City, the, the world-class outfit. And Cruel made a couple of, of decent saves. But at the back, City were woeful. Yeah, Joe Stone's back in there and not probably giving himself the great chance. Otamendi had a bit of a clanger, didn't he? Um, they... Still haven't really solved the centre back conundrum under Kev, have they? It kind of last season they had to bring back in company, which is, is obviously some some options to bring back, but you kind of you know had to sort of solidify their season. Stones hasn't really kicked on, Laporte was was it has I'd say and, and is probably their main central defender, but he's obviously got the bad injury and yeah. and Otamendi's inconsistent and then you've got uh, Zinchenko and Walker on the fullbacks, neither of them I think is the best defensively. So um if you don't go with your sort of pep general philosophy of keeping the ball so other teams can't score then yeah they're, they're, they're vulnerable aren't they yeah and to be fair to Norwich I mean they showed uh, the first game of the season that you know if you get you, you could get at Liverpool potentially I know Norwich made a few mistakes uh, at the back but they could have had a couple of couple of goals uh, in that game you know they got the one in the end um, but Norwich just showing that you know, there's this bit of a kind of a myth or a um, status around City and Liverpool if you like is like the dominant teams and it's just shut up shop and just hopefully that they keep the score down but Norwich have shown that you can just attack both of these sides and okay it didn't quite pay off against Liverpool but against City at home it's uh, it certainly paid off and um, yeah what Liverpool City Arsenal United they're all there to be to be got at no matter how many millions you spend Norwich spend uh, I think it's something like was it 16 million overall for the starting lineup um, and a few of the academy players and a few cheap options. Uh, 60 million might be might be way over what what it was, but um, yeah. So, so I can't remember what the figure was now, but yeah. What a what a performance from uh, from a bouncing Carrow Road, and yeah, unda- undoubtedly the uh, the performance of the weekend. Yeah, and they're um, you know they they put a couple past Chelsea too, didn't they? True. So they're um, they're they're having a go outside, and they're not they're not winning them all, of course, but. Yeah, it seems like if, if you're an Irish fan, you've got to be you've got to think they're not gonna they're not gonna die wondering at the minute, are they? They're not gonna go out um, and get relegated uh, w- without a fight and, and putting on some entertainment. So yeah, it must have been yeah, must have been brilliant times in Norwich and fair play to them. Yeah, um, and controversially, I'm gonna say although as, as impressive as Norwich were, I'm gonna say City's performance wasn't the worst of the weekend. Um, I think that that <laughs> crown goes to your beloved Arsenal. Oh God. Um, yeah, um, that was, yeah, second, second half. It was all, all, all cruisy, just looked very nice. A couple of pops in, a couple of goals for Bamiang, and it was looking, yeah, fairly breezy. And then just once again, Arsenal let a side back into it against them, and, and don't have any another side about any, or much worse than City's, really, any defensive rigidity or solidity, sorry, is the word I want. Um, yeah, just just poor. Um, you, you, you think each time you think Arsenal oh, starting to turn a corner, they they do something that reminds you that they haven't. Yeah, I mean, it, I think 
I, I, I think Arsenal, you know, they, they obviously took the chances well up there on Saturday, but they weren't, they didn't even the first half, they weren't really the dominant side. Watford had their, had their chance. I saw a couple of stats today, you like this, these, uh, both of these stats I quite like. Uh, 2% of all the shots in the Premier League this season came from Watford in the second half. And, uh, That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, and Arsenal have faced 96 shots this season. That's more than any other side in the Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, League One, and the Bundesliga. And we're that bad, bad, very good stats, <laughs> five yeah. games in. Uh, I saw they, they faced uh, thirty shots from uh, from Watford on the weekend, um, and I think it was another twenty odd from uh, was it Burnley as well. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Arsenal's um, as much as we've been we have been praising Arsenal, saying a couple of weeks back that they look uh, good going forward and um, potentially going to be the uh, the bolters for the for the top four. They suddenly look anything but against the Premier League's bottom side and a team that void of confidence. Right, they've had the new manager, but yeah, this isn't this isn't Man City they were facing. This is this is Watford. Yeah, uh, I think Arsenal appear to be following a familiar pattern that we yeah this season they they look good going forward. They look shit at the back um, mm. and until I don't know he. he, he Clearly, doesn't know his best team, and that's not the end of the world. They they brought in quite a few players in the summer, and and um, it's going to take a bit of time to shake itself out. But it's not just players; he's changing the system around. Obviously, Lacazette injured is a big blow, and um, yeah, I think the the sort of just the class and the the whole affinity and sort of he, he probably works a bit better in a Bamiyang links up with other players a bit more. You're going to lose that, mm. and um, while while I don't mind seeing if, if I think it's it's worth giving Ozil a chance with the likes of Pepe and Bamiyang in front of him. Um, yeah, if you put a midfield of Sabias and Ozil with Genduzi and Jacker behind, it just doesn't look very solid. Um, well, he, he brought him yeah. off, didn't he, uh, Sabias, after just just shy of an hour. Um, I saw some um, something. I don't know whether it was mistranslated, but he said it was too hot for him. That can't have been right. Yeah, no, I heard this. Uh, um, not not really sure what he wants there. Um, yeah, I thought Sabias was playing pretty well, so it was an odd one. Um, Does he mean it's too, yeah, too hot? As in, like there was too much pressure. Or does he mean he can't? Surely he can't mean he's from Spain, so he can't. He can't be thinking that the uh, uh, a warm English September <laughs> was too hot for him. I mean, someone should show him Jacker's passport and tell him that Jacker's from the cold bit of Switzerland, <laughs> or but yeah, just from Spain. And get, 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 so if we can get a way to get him off the pitch, then yeah. But not another Jacker was. He was probably more defence, but um, this week, but he doesn't give it any screening and, and Genduzi. Uh, comes and goes a bit in that role as well. So, uh, but but is it is it is it the personnel? And you know, I, I'm I've hammered Jacker in the last few weeks. But is it the not necessarily just Jacker? But is, is it the personnel or is it the the system that Emery's trying to play play with the players? Um, he's brought he's brought um, Louise in who who can play a bit. I know he's a liability, but he can play a bit. And the other three with him, he seems Louise seems to be the best option in terms of uh, a playing defender. Yeah, but that, I suppose it's just sort of what I'm getting over. There isn't really a system at the minute, is there? Keys change it around. And mm. it, 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 um, I, I don't want to criticise Emery for changing around the system when you've got different players available and some one of your best players just gets injured and you, you've got some new players coming up. But I can see why you do it. But it, um, it's if he wants to try and concentrate on the system, he probably wants to more look at building from the back and just sort of trusting that his attackers will be all right because they look very good and, and probably are. You know, a class above most defences they'll play. So I think if he wants to try and system, he, sh- he should probably go back backwards and then before he comes forwards. Because mm. I think Bamiang will always get your goals. Pepe, um, he's, he's one-footed Pepe, but he's got a pace to burn. I think he will 
he'll get a goal and he'll start going good. And then, yeah, Sabayas is a very handy player. It's more, what do you want your, yeah, how do you want your midfield to protect your defence? How do you want your two defenders to work? Because they don't seem to quite know. And, and do we need the full-backs perhaps tucking in a bit more but rather than bobbing mm-hmm. up relentlessly to... And Klassen actually isn't a great, you know, he's, he's decent going forward and he set up one of the goals, didn't he? Or, yeah. Um, but, yeah, is he, is he great defensively? I don't think so. And, yeah, um, Tierney will, will hopefully come sooner because, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, it's just, yeah, it's 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 a bit of both to answer your question, sitting nice in the fence. But I don't, um, yeah, we, we, until we know a little bit more about what the system is um, or what he, what he wants to do, ideally, it's, it's, this, it's a bit hard, isn't, hardish to say. This isn't a new manager, though. He's been there, well, getting close, getting on for 18 months now. Well, that's, well I mean, that's a bit harsh, so you just say just over a year, I suppose. But um, Yeah, he's had a couple of transfer windows to try and put his his stamp on it. Um, had he come in the summer, you could kind of forgive him, saying he doesn't know his system and he hasn't got the players and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you, you spent big in the summer and, like you say, you're still none the wiser, really, about, about where the system, what the system is. Yeah, to a point, I suppose it's, it's, he's trying to integrate them players and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, they're still still definitely a centre-back, sure. I'd rather he, he integrated another centre-back, really, but we'll see. Um, it, it's still the same as has been under Emery the whole time, really. Very good going forward, bad defensively, mm. which is kind of a contrast from how his Seville seems, seems to be set up, which is solid, so uh, not quite sure what, what he's thinking there and if there is room for improvement. Well, there's definitely room for improvement, but, but whether this lot of the ones to deliver it or not is a... Uh, yeah, different matter, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. Any uh, any other honourable mentions in terms of uh, results from the weekend? Uh, I was impressed with Spurs finally getting their season going. Yes. Smashed up yeah. Palace, didn't they? Um, yeah, I thought Spurs had looked a bit vulnerable, but that um, that was more like the Spurs who who were pushing on for top four. You know, making top four quite comfortably. That was uh, that was an impressive result. Uh, as simple as Song coming back and. <laughs> He's a bloody good player, isn't he? Mm. Um, yeah, he uh, did seem to help and. Yeah, if they can, if they get him and the rest of the attacking going, there's, there's a hell of a lot of talent in that team. Mm. Um, if they can, another one, if they can get their system going, um, how they want to play with, with a couple of their new signings, then then and yeah, Vertonghen back at centre back with ahead of Sanchez, I think is probably wise. So yeah, yeah, they they could get going now. They've got quite a nice run of fixtures, I think, coming up the next few weeks. So um, yeah, maybe Spurs yeah come overcome the sort of early average form and push on from there. And I suppose. Uh, one of our predictions was United, wasn't it, Gav? Quite an impressive result for United. It was, yeah. We both said, uh, I said 2 all. I think you said one all. And, um, yeah, Maguire um, was, was had Vardy in his back pocket by, uh, by all accounts. And, uh, yeah, good, impressive... Um, well, yeah, just impressive result from, from United, to be fair. Yeah, puts off into fourth, doesn't it? Which, um, yeah, there's, uh, I think, five teams. Or no, six teams, sorry, locked on eight points. Uh, <laughs> we'll play for three to eight. Well, some would say I'll we'll play 4-2 down, uh, but there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other predictions, we went for the... So there's one game going on at the moment, Villa-West the Villa uh, West Ham game. Um, and then we also went for the... Arsenal game, wasn't oh, it? Arsenal, we both yeah. an Arsenal win, so uh, yeah, we're both on no points. I'm, I'm going to currently claim a win, Gareth, as... West Ham is still nil at the minute. I think I went draw and you went West Ham win. So. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just call it a win for Johnson and be done there. Yeah, you, you need something, that's fair. Um, okay, and what about uh, next weekend if we're looking at the couple of sort of three fixes I've picked out? Uh, one's Friday night, gone for the Saints Bournemouth, uh, South Coast Derby. Where's, where, where, what, do you, what do you predict for that game? 
give me Saints 2-1. Yeah, I don't, uh, both sides uh, were the 9th and 10th in the table, aren't they? I think I quite like the Southampton manager. I don't think they've been brilliant so far, Southampton, but they seem a sort of team that will sort of scrape to wins. And Bournemouth uh, tend to be quite inconsistent. They're good, very good result the weekend for them, but um, I don't think they're as good away from home. So, yeah, I'll go Saints 2-1. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think I will go for... I'm going to sit on the, on the fence and go for a draw. I think Bournemouth had a good result against Everton um, over the weekend. and uh, Yeah, I'll go, yeah, I'll go for a draw. Uh, go for a one-all one all draw. Um, what else? What was the other fixture? Saturday is Leicester Spurs at lunchtime kickoff. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, we were praising Leicester, weren't we, uh, just a week ago, and then they've had a result with Wade United, which you know is no mean feat. But I'll, I'll say, I'll say I was impressed with Spurs, and I think they'll carry it on. I think they'll nick a one nil against uh, against Leicester. Okay, I'll. As much as we've just been praising Spurs, <laughs> I still think Leicester have looked good. Uh, so yeah, you're a big, big fan of Leicester, aren't you? Come fast, become your second team. Well, yeah, I, I, I suppose I'm hoping that they're going to get uh, they're going to do well this season now because I, I predicted it. Um, but yeah, go on, I'll, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll jump on the uh, Leicester train. I'll stay on the Leicester train. Uh, I'll go for uh, two one Leicester. Um, oh, okay. And then uh, Sunday Liverpool or oh, Chelsea Liverpool. Um. Chelsea was an impressive result, wasn't it? A surprisingly impressive result, smashing up Wolves away from home. Uh, we didn't mention them, but it was a. Yeah, it didn't really start coming. I thought Wolves would turn them over. Um, mm. But yeah, Tammy Abraham hat trick. Um, they seem to be able to score some goals, only Chelsea, without necessarily being very good at the back. Mm. Uh, am I right in saying I feel like Stamford Bridge is always your happiest hunting ground? So yeah, go on, let's be optimistic and shit you to lose your first points of the season. I don't think you'll lose the game, though. We'll say. 2 uh, 2. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, I yeah, a couple of things on the Chelsea result. One was, um, I said at the start of the season, I thought Tammy Abrams was a championship striker and he's now bagged, <laughs> what's he bagged, eight goals in the first five games. Um, so, she was not much I know. Uh, and also, Wolves, yeah, it, surprising with Wolves, considering they, um, you could ima imagine on a, a Thursday, Sunday, after the Europa League that they were going to be poor, but they didn't really have an excuse this this week. They were, everyone had the international break, so... Um, yeah, bit poor. Well, bit of a surprise there, result from Wolves, really. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Liverpool are just too good at the minute going forward. Uh, they are frail at the back, as like Newcastle showed. Uh, John Joe Shelby trying to try, even try and uh, shot some halfway line uh, on Saturday to, uh, to try and catch Liverpool's defence out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go for a, a tasty 4 2 to Liverpool. Um, <laughs> Proper, proper, okay, proper like Super it. Sunday. Um, yeah, goals, goals galore. Um, yeah, the other well, well um, I think that was that was all the football from the uh, the weekend. But the other um, sort of surprise news that I saw from outside the Premiership was uh, this passed me by. I don't know passed you by, but uh, Huddersfield have uh, got the Cowley brothers in uh, in charge now. Yeah, the former uh, Lincoln City boys, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, taking over clubs and, and seeing what they're doing. Um, did a pretty good job at Lincoln by all accounts, so it'd be an interesting one to, to see what they do at Huddersfield. But uh, yeah. yeah, I suppose a bit, a bit of a rebuilding job at Huddersfield. I think you know Huddersfield managed a couple of seasons in the Premiership, and their fans were were probably 
delighted with that. That's not trying to be condescending to Huddersfield <laughs> fans, but they were they um they didn't spend loads of money at Fortunes, did they? And uh, mm. managed to get managed to stay out the first season. So yeah, a bit probably a bit of a rebuilding job now that lost some players that move forward. So um yeah, we should see what they can do uh, a couple of divisions up. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll be, that will be interesting to keep an eye on them. Oh, they did lose their first game, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, 2-0 at home, but there we go. Um, the other big kind of story from the weekend, I suppose, was um, perhaps it wasn't meant to be a big story, but Fury in the boxing uh, came through a, what turned out to be a bit of a war um, against the Swede. And um, Yeah, what, what do you think about Fury? Do you think it shows he's uh, weaker or is he, in fact, even stronger? Uh, so that's a good question. I I think it's it's unimpressive to have had such a struggle um, against someone who, who probably you know, who is a couple of classes below and, and I suppose to be fair to him has has had the performance of his life and looks like he's no mug. Um, but at the same time, if you if you look at the pictures of the cut, it was uh, an absolute horror show. Mm. That cut, and um, I've heard different people say that perhaps he. He should have been stopped, and he would have been stopped if he wasn't uh, yeah. such a big name with, with bigger fights. And um, I can see why they said that. Although you know, it seems like they did a good job. But um, you, you can't question Fury's heart. He obviously came back from the dead against Wilder. Quite literally, it looked like um, he's battled through this, and he's shown that he, you know, um, the, the obvious comparison we made with Joshua against Ruiz, who did manage to come through the university, and Fury did. Mm-hmm. Um, that, well, I'd, I'd say Ruiz is a bit better than Wallin, but. Um, yeah, Fury definitely hard. I think it's surprising that he got caused such problems. But you know, if you get a cut like that, it kind of your game plan does go out the window. And he still was quite comfortable on the cards, wasn't he? I think yeah. it was um, the, the closest was what was still had him four rounds in front. And mm. Apparently, that was probably a bit close. So he um, he's definitely a fighter. He's got all the heart in the world. I think this will probably push the the, the wilder fight back. I'd be surprised if that hut, that cut uh, that cut can heal. Completely well, that f- forty-seven um, stitches apparently. The um, for the cut, so it shows you how uh, how much how, well how much of an impact that cut was. Um, and yeah, it talked that he was he was effectively fighting blind. I did, did see a, a tweet from Louise, uh, Louise uh, after the fight saying uh, something along the lines, and you thought you'd beat me with one eye, one hand behind tied behind your back, and then I saw somebody else t- tweeting back saying. Uh, well, he just fought that lad blind, so or with one eye or, or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, interesting, um, interesting take on it. I think if you're a Fury fan, you you point to it well, like I am. Uh, you point to it and say he's come, like you say, he's come through adversity and he's clearly uh, a very strong fighter, both mentally and physically, and in the best um, place of his perhaps professional career in terms of uh, mental uh, strength. Um, and if you're not a Fury fan or you don't want Fury to do well, then you look at it and say. As he struggled against uh, somebody who's, well, a fairly anonymous name, um, despite his, he's got a, he had a, that was his first loss, wasn't it? But he's, uh, yeah, a fairly, uh, a fairly poor fighter by, um, by kind of the rest of the, the world standards. Um, so yeah, an interesting one. I think you're right. It will um, potentially push back the uh, Wilder fight now, but with good reason. Um, he's lost that much blood, and he's got a big gash to heal but um, it sounds like after the fact they were talking about this being a, a trilogy rather than a, um, just another another one a rematch um, and even there was rumours uh, there's rumours since that Wilder's thinking of backing out of the Ortiz fight which is interesting um, it's been a long run saga that Ortiz fight hasn't it, it just mm. doesn't really seems to have happened so um, yeah I, I think pretty, pretty probably does need to have a 
have a fight now, doesn't he? In between, uh, it's been a been a long old while since um, since he fought Brazil. So you'd think he'd have another go before he gets in with, with Fury. But um, whether he goes in with someone as um, I suppose risky as Ortiz, someone who came close to stopping him last time. Yeah, I wonder. But he he seems to back himself up. Wilder, so there's talk of late November, but yeah, talk of putting out as well. We'll we'll see where he goes. Yeah, and the only other thing to mention is um, is it second of November that we have got Kovalev and Canelo uh, fighting the same night as um, Crawler and Coyle was announced today. Um, yeah, which will be uh, which will be a lovely fight. Um, the Coyle, Coyle, yeah, I mean, Crawler and uh, Coyle will be probably the, the, the nicest build-up between the two, <laughs> probably two, the, 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 the two nicest guys in yeah. boxing. Uh, yeah, uh, Crawler, you know, the bloke who saved his neighbour from getting robbed and got a, uh, a slab of... Uh, concrete of his head. Brick, yeah. yeah, concrete of his head for the trouble. And Tommy Coyle, when he's not boxing, goes around um, selling fruit and running various charities across <laughs> Hull. Um, yeah, he, he, boxing is just a sort of a... Uh, a really hard-working hobby for him when he's not running these quite successful businesses and helping out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, kind of one you just like it to be a nice 12-round fight and either of them get hurt before they <laughs> both look to lose retiring and uh, have a nice interview with mutual loving afterwards, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Canelo Kovalev is interesting. Kovalev did look pretty impressive against Yard, didn't he? And Canelo going up with two weights. I think Canelo... Um, he's, he's probably fighting I think he generally he, he's not I don't want to call him Mayweather Canelo but I think he probably just try and fight fighters at the right time mm. he's not fighting Kovalev at a bad time but still Kovalev's a, a lot bigger than him so that will be will be interesting to see if Canelo can uh, Canelo's boxing skills can overcome that yeah yeah um, moving away from boxing uh, the Ashes that wasn't quite the result we wanted um, and we, had, we touched on this last week you, you interviewed um, or you had a chat with Kale and uh, from Australia and talked about he was, he was fairly uh, buoyant and uh, bullish in his mood wasn't he and gloating about the uh, the Aussies uh, being better at cricket than uh, than the English uh, um, yeah I'm afraid so well after this week do we uh, have we all kind of over exaggerated a bit are, are England actually not too bad at cricket Um no, I think I think we probably were reasonably fair. I, I, I suppose what's disappointing about this Ashes, and it kind of felt the whole way through, is I don't think Australia are that good beyond a couple of players, and I think we had chances to win even with that. I think Steve Smith is obvious to say he's the difference between the sides, and hmm. once again um, was supreme was supreme in his test in the first innings and scored over 700 runs in four tests, which is is just phenomenal. Um, <laughs> He, yeah, he has been the difference. I, I, I still think there's a lot of problems with England. I think a lot of that's the feel. But we're not terrible. But I, just, I think it's, it's. I suppose, it's been, it has been a good series in that I think you've probably got two fairly well-even match teams who are both uh, decent without being world-class. Both have got a few world-class performers. Um, at, well, I suppose Australia definitely has Smith and I think Hazelwood and probably Cummins are mm-hmm. up there in England. They've got Stokes. Um, Archer. Roots. Archer on his days, he's obviously very young. Uh, Root has probably fallen a bit below that, but I think hopefully can come back. So we're not terrible. We have got some building blocks. I think um, you know the likes of Rory Burns has, has put his hand up. Even Joe Denley, who, who batted really well, and you can hear a little bit of that from the uh, Sport on Tap pod that we uh, released on Sunday. Mm. Um, Good plug. I think we, yeah, what we do again, what we do. <laughs> uh, I think. I think those two probably got themselves, uh, you know, winter tours, and then yeah, let's just see if we can just try and find a few more bats and a bit more settled. Really, um, a few of the experiments didn't work, but yeah, we had some. We had, we played very well this test. We played decent the second test. 
Um, and we had chances, never. You know, the first test we had them on the ropes and didn't take advantage. So, mm. yeah, I think it's been a been a summer of, of sort of what what might have been really because I, I don't think um, we've ever, ever dominated or anything. But I think we could have could have nicked this series and and didn't take a chance. I think overall Australia better side. They had the best player, and I'm, I don't complain about where the Ashes have gone back. I think that's probably fair, but. Yeah, you just wondered different moments who were taking advantage what might have been. Yeah, they can gloat all they want, but he didn't beat us, did they? No, just a mm. two-all. Um, and now uh, we've got to, go to kind of go back to the drawing board, really, and think how, how do we win down there. Is it um, South Africa now, the, the, the next tour? South Africa, I think it might be. It was, uh, yeah, we've got, I think it's Pakistan and the Windies over here next summer. Right. So I think, yeah, Pakistan, South Africa does ring a bell. Um... Yeah, but if you want to hear more on the more in-depth chat about the uh, the Ashes, and um, then yeah, listen to uh, the podcast from uh, from last week. Um, <coughs> cycling, we've been touching on it the last few weeks, uh, watching the the last Grand Tour of the uh, the season. Um, your predicted ride at the start was uh, was Lopez, and then you quickly changed after a couple of day, or a week to Quintana. Uh, I stuck with Rog Roglic, uh, my main man. Um, and that's how it ended up with uh, Rog dominating in the end, wasn't it, Jenna? Sticking with a favourite, he says, like he's making some bold call. <laughs> Sticking with a favourite the other time. You went second favourite yeah. and then jumped ship. Yeah, I love to me. I think it went to Valverde. You, know, <laughs> yeah, you, you did, know. actually. I forgot about that. <laughs> Got to keep moving, yeah. Keep moving with times. But um, no, Roglic. Uh, so you ended up with second, third, and fourth then? Oh, no, no, because uh, you, didn't, you didn't pick. Um, Pogacar uh, was probably the, the other big story, wasn't it? it was, yeah, Team, team Slovenia. Um, but yeah, Roglic from not looking in trouble, not looking too bad the first week, to then taking a, a dominant lead after the time trial, and then was as good as anyone in the mountains, really. Just never was in trouble, looked supreme. Um, he, he seems to have learnt from his sort of missteps in, in the Giro earlier this year. And mm. um, at a young rider, um, he's yeah, all the potential in the world. You'd be interested to see where he where they're pecking all the goes with him, Dumoulin and, and Kleischet there next year. They've got, um, that's a three-headed monster that's as, as good as Skies, I think, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it'll be really interesting to see them two battle. Can they get the other sort of domestics around them? But, uh, well, yeah. Arguably, Kreischrick's become a, a domestic, really. Well, yeah, almost <laughs> effectively domestic. I can't imagine him, uh, ousting Dumoulin or, or now, well, but certainly can't oust Roglic. He's, he's won a tour and Dumoulin's come second on a tour, so. Yeah, big big talk, or you know, uh, somebody came further and they Tour de France for kind of domestic. But I suppose um, Froome was a four-time winner when he did it for Thomas, didn't he? And then, uh, Thomas Thomas was champion when he did it for Bernal mm. this year. So um, you know, if, if they can get if the Umbo Vision boys can get on the same page, it could be a really exciting battle with uh, Sky next year and and maybe anyone else who wants to come along. But those two teams look good. But yeah, fair play, Rob. Which he was he was pretty supreme and never really looked in trouble and mm. yeah the only other mention I say would be to Pogacar who looks like a, the next big star and if he um, <laughs> 20 years old he, he a couple of times just attacked from, from kind of nowhere and looked incredibly strong didn't he mm. um, yeah very good that, especially that penultimate stage he was, uh, he was very impressive um, yeah he kind of looks a bit like um, the, I don't know he, he looks uh, I'm, I'm probably getting it wrong because he cycles very fast but he kind of looks a bit like a well, like a rat running on a wheel, he looks like he's got very low gear in his boots because he just seems to be cycling away relentlessly um, and and just yeah, just working very hard. But it seems to work for him. So you stay on the uh, on the low. That's gear what Froome does, though, isn't it? does it with the high cadence. Um, yeah, yeah, it seems to. Have, he, he had an alright career, so um, yeah. What do you mean, what do you mean he had an alright career? Like, he's coming back. 
Uh, yeah, if he, if he <laughs> died, he's in he, he, injury prone these days, isn't he? For he is a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, we might uh, do a bit more about cycling in the uh, in the off season. Uh, have a couple of chats about Movistar or uh, Quintana and what happens next and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, no, it was a uh, it was a good it was a good tour. Um, and it'll do all three really. Well, well, certainly the last uh, the, the, the Tour de France and the Vuelta were, were very uh, very entertaining tours. Um, so yeah, it's been been a really good year for cycling. I think they've mm. been yeah more competitive, some interesting uh, winners, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed. Mm. Uh, and then building towards the the rugby uh, start on Friday, World Cup opening game, Japan against Russia. Um, unfortunately, the times don't really well. It's not like a Friday evening game where we can get you know people can casual watchers of rugby can kind of pick it up. It's more uh, it's more if you're waking up at five in the morning. In the morning, you can you can casually watch uh, the rugby, um, or maybe if people are staying out all night and uh, they can casually watch the rugby when they come in. Um, yeah, that's the other option. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, look forward to that World Cup, and we'll have a a World Cup uh, preview coming later on this week. Hopefully, drop on Thursday, uh, where we've interviewed a couple of uh, well, had a couple of chats with different people from different nations, um, and then the big. The big, uh, we'll put another plug for the big podcast of the week. We should uh, should follow this one tonight. So, yeah, thanks for thanks yeah. for joining us, John. Yeah, thanks very much. So, yeah, the rugby World Cup, we've, we've managed to get a few, a bit, bit like the uh, the Premiership preview. If you listen to that, we've, we've done that with rugby. We uh, we've tried to get a few nations, or maybe not as many as we'd have liked, but certainly got a few different perspectives from a few of the big teams as, as well as getting Big Jeff himself. So, uh, yeah, plenty of uh, rugby content for you to sink your teeth into and. Yeah, I imagine we'll probably be talking about that next week, reviewing the opening weekend, won't we? Um, New Zealand, South Africa being the pick, Ireland, mm. Scotland, there's, there's some plenty of big games in uh, England v Tonga, of course, the, the big one of them all. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Tonga will win, and then Wales uh, beat Georgia on Monday, that'll be, uh, that'll be outstanding. Graham Roundtree, a coach for Georgia now, Gareth, I'm hoping he can get, get some revenge for that horror <laughs> show he? in uh, 2015. <laughs> he is, Wales oh, coach, he... so yeah. He's got uh, bad memories of playing against us. Right. Yes. Yeah, so thanks. Uh, turn it all around. Thanks very much, and um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the the podcast, uh, the other podcasts we've got. And if you could give us a follow um, on Twitter, it's at Pinter Two, and Facebook is out Pinter Two as well. And um, yeah, thanks for uh, for listening. Thank you very much. Cheers.